0: It's January 26. I'm at an Invasion Day rally in Sydney, right in the centre of the city. It's a complicated day. It's a day of unity and division. People are unified in mourning. You can see that here, unified in reflection. Others are unified in celebration. Many are divided about what this day means and how it should be marked going forward. On Gadigal Land, I'm Dave Marchese. This is Hack on Triple J. We can end the climate
1: wars! Rugged up up top, tiny little booty shorts.
0: Oh, I sold a kidney to buy that jacket. I was riding a lot of fences. Australia Day, Invasion Day, Survival Day. Maybe for you it's the 26th of January. You might find it a really tough day, an emotional day. For some people, they're celebrating becoming Australian citizens. Or maybe you don't think much about it at all. You know, there are big conversations that are happening all around, and we know this year in particular, there's a lot being discussed. There's a new government plans for a referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament. But still, there's a lot of division about how this day is marked and what it should look like in the future. You're going to hear some of those views in a minute. We've got a lot coming up later. We're going to actually be chatting to our brand new Australian of the Year, Taryn Brumford. She's an incredible person. She's also got a message that she wants to get through to young Aussies, so keep listening for that one. But first, our Tassie reporter April McLennan's been talking to a growing number of people who are saying no to the Australia Day public holiday.
2: Hey, are you guys open? We are. Come on in. Cool, I've noticed heaps of places around here are shut. It's been a struggle to find a coffee. How come you guys are open?
1: We don't really want to recognise this as a public holiday. We think it's a terrible day to celebrate. And mostly we want to show support to our Indigenous population.
2: That's Damien Webber. He runs the cutest little Launceston cafe in Palawakani, Tasmania. It's filled with plants, baked goods, and some of the best coffee in town. And today they've decided to give $2 from every cup of coffee sold to pay the rent. It's a not-for-profit organization run by First Nations people.
1: As an employer, I prefer to go a little bit further than just saying you can have a day off or not have a day off. I think it's nice to give your staff the option, but what we want to do here is make sure that we give people an opportunity to make a difference if they if they want. We want to help educate our community as well.
2: Regardless of whether you think we should change the date or not, at this point in time, the public holiday still lands on January 26th. And a growing number of organisations actually gave their employees the option to work today. Among the big players to publicly announce their workers have a choice, are Woolies, Telstra, Wesfarmers, BHP, Deloitte, and Paramount. And the University of Wollongong actually became the first Aussie university to give employees this option. Vice-Chancellor and President at the uni, Patricia Davidson, says they're committed to a journey of reconciliation and truth-telling. The significance of Australia Day has been of discussion. For many Australians, it's family, beach and barbecues. But for many of our First Nations people, it's a reminder of colonisation and invasion. They're allowing their employees to work today and switch it for a day off on another date. You know, I know there has been discussion that this is very tokenistic. um, But, you know, some of those symbols can be very profound. and, And I just think just even the fact we're having the conversation and people are having that conversation, it doesn't mean that we will all agree but we'll come to it to a different point did you work today or did you decide to take the day off earlier this week I hit the streets of Lonnie to find out what people were planning
3: would rather not celebrate it to be honest with you I'm actually gonna work on the day and celebrate on Saturday I just think it's time for change just to support the Aboriginal community
4: there's a lot of workplaces that are closed that day so a lot of people can't go into work anyway so you kind of stuck in a hard place in a rock really. Like, I work in a restaurant so they're closed for the day so that's it.
3: I think that if people do go into work they shouldn't receive penalties because it's a public holiday. I think it should be their choice then they get another day off, but yeah, no extra, yeah, unless they have
5: to of course. Taking 26 off, I'll, I wanted to celebrate with my mates, have a couple of drinks.
2: I hate it. I'm Aboriginal myself, so I think of it as Invasion Day and I just, yeah, I don't like it when people celebrate it. It's a day of mourning and it's, yeah, not a day to celebrate.
5: Love it. Australia's our country and, like, it is what it is.
2: So, if you're opposed to celebrating Australia Day, is coming into work the best way to voice your concerns or do people need to be doing more? For one Sydney venue, they had a little bit of a different approach. Here's Mitchell Crumb from the Lord Gladstone Pub.
1: So we're uh, yeah we decided to close the pub for the first part of the day to give our staff yeah staff and crew here just the you know the opportunity to go down and um, attend the rallies and the protests and um, and then we're going to reopen the pub in the afternoon you know so everyone can come back decompress and have a beer and you know
2: despite having bills and rent to pay the publican says they made this decision to support the First Nations community.
1: Mate, the Gladi, we, um, you know, we have a strong Indigenous community, mate. They do call this pub their local. And, you know, we're just standing with them, mate. Like I said, I, I don't feel like this is a day of celebration, so.
0: Hack on Triple J. Yeah, that's Publican Mitch Crumb ending that story from April McLennan. And I was down at the Survival Day rally in Sydney earlier. Thousands turned out for it, similar to other big protests around the country. And people there were saying Australia Day is dead. They were calling for it to be abolished and there were people of all ages, all backgrounds who'd travelled from everywhere to be at these rallies. Maybe you went to one yourself. I caught up with a group of young First Nations Australians to ask them what the day meant to them.
6: So 26th of January is Invasion Day and we're here to say that we survived. Because you should, if you live in Australia, you should understand who was the First Nation people here. And if you do understand who our First Nations people, you should understand what happened to us.
0: Can you see a change in the way people are marking the day year by year?
6: Um, yeah, I do feel like there's a lot more people that are, you know, open-minded, willing to learn about this sort of stuff. The more momentum there is, the greater the change will be, and that's what we need. We need everybody, allies, people just to come together and just be there to support us because there's no way that we want to sit around while people celebrate genocide, celebrate a day of genocide of our people. So I think it starts with the next generation and like you know just pretty much teaching them the truth. This is me and the kids first actual march so we're excited
0: some other people today as a as a bit of protest maybe are deciding to go to work instead what do you think of that
6: I think that no you shouldn't ignore this is nothing it's not something you sweep under the carpet this is a big thing this is our people um, surviving against genocide that's ongoing people we are still dying at rates higher than everybody else it's just um, turning a blind eye really and you know in Instead of trying to sweep it under the carpet, it's going to bring up more. It's like putting wood on a fire. At the end of the day, the more it's just going to keep burning. We need results. We need resolutions. We need. There's no. There's no change without action. I'm
0: Jake by the way. I'm Dave. How are you, Jake? Dave, yeah,
6: good.
4: So, why did you decide to come out today? This is my first march. I'm from the coast. I've never been to something like this before, and I I think it's pretty fantastic that it happens. So, you know, I wanted to come and tag along and show me support to our culture and it's it's all for the right reasons. And yeah, it's it's pretty mind blowing to see the turnout and it's just great to be part of it, really. So what do you usually do on January 26th? Well, from a small country town where we're from, it's sort of always just been celebrated, you know, as the usual way. Um, And yeah, like over the last few years, people are starting to wake up and, you know, we. My family, we don't really celebrate it down home. We'll go to the beach and do it in our own way. But yeah, just I don't know. It's good to celebrate our culture instead of Australia Day. It's better to celebrate it as you know our people.
0: What do you think when you when you look around? Are you surprised by how many
4: people are here? Yes and no. Like I'm, I didn't know what I was walking into, but it it is surprising to see this many. But it's it's also. It should be this many, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it is a bit of a shock, but it's a great shock. It's a good shock to the system that actually this many people care. So, you know, hopefully it grows and grows and grows and grows and we're covering the whole park in a few years. Yeah. When you think
0: about all the people back home, maybe mates of yours that might be celebrating Australia Day, are you starting to see
4: changes within your own mates and your own friend group? or? Oh, yes and, yes and no, you know? Like, some people, I think, you know, they're stuck in their ways and they unfortunately always will be. You can't force change on people. You have to, you know, the old lead a horse to water, you can't make a drink. Let's just hope everyone wants to drink on their own, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Yourself, you're a young guy, First Nations guy. Do you feel like you there's a pressure on you, a responsibility on you to, like, talk to other young people?
4: Oh, you know, I, as I said, you can't push change on people. You can't, if you push it on people, they'll reject it. You've got to just sort of educate them and show them why they should change. I don't feel like there's necessarily a necessary responsibility on us as individuals. There is responsibility on us as a whole. But if you do your thing and people see and want to follow, that's that's great. So what's the plan for the rest of the day? Enjoy it, you know, be with the mob and just have a good day and celebrate in our way. Poet didn't know it, no.
0: <laughs> What would be your message to other young Aussies out there, right across the board, Indigenous, non-Indigenous, everyone?
4: You live in this country, learn the, the proper history of this country and educate yourself. And don't just go by thinking, oh, you know, I'm Australia, Australian, I can do the Australian way. Learn our history and, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll learn the true heart of the country. And hopefully it'll help you choose, make the right decision in the future. Uh, yeah.
0: Jake, thanks for chatting with us on Triple J. I
4: know. Was that live?
0: Yeah. Yeah, How good was Jake? Such a great guy. Such a great laugh. It was so good to have a chat with him and his mates. And look, we've also been hearing from political leaders today. They've been speaking as well. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has been using today to talk about the referendum for an Indigenous voice to parliament. Here's a bit of what he had to say.
5: If the referendum is not successful, I think people know that that will not be a moment
0: Uh, that shows respect for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that I think doesn't show the maturity of us as a nation, non-Indigenous Australia, of who we are. If not now, when? If not now, when will this change occur? And if not the people of Australia this year, uh, who will make this change? which will improve
5: our country, improve our national unity.
0: And we also heard from opposition leader Peter Dutton, who's maintaining the government's not giving enough detail. Look, we're going to be diving into this a lot more on Hack in the months ahead. There's heaps to discuss and a lot of people to talk to. Right now, though, time to dive into some other huge news out today.
5: Hack. What just happened?
0: The Young Australian of the Year for 2023 is Awar Mabil.
5: Hey, anyway, man, Young Australian of the Year. is like, what a big this is for, for my family and
1: also for our football
5: community.
2: The South Australian mum turned activist has been named our top Aussie this year.
0: Australia, it is not our life's purpose to be at war with our body. On Triple J. Yeah, this is also the time of year we get to know our new Australians of the Year. You remember Dylan Alcott? He's wrapped up his time in the top job. Guy must be exhausted. I'm hoping Dill's got a big rest planned for the months ahead. Uh, We're going to get to the person replacing him in a bit. But first, as you just heard, our new Young Australian of the Year, Soccer Awama Bill, Incredible choice. If you don't know much about him, not only is he one of our best footballers, He's a former refugee and he's started a charity to help others in refugee camps. We're hoping to speak with Awamabil as soon as we can. He's actually overseas playing European football at the moment, so he can't even celebrate his big achievement here in Australia. Our new Australian of the year, though, we're lucky enough to have with us right now. Taryn Brumford is a body image activist, a documentary maker. You might have actually seen her film Embrace. It's huge. She went all over the world. It's all about encouraging women to be positive about their bodies. She's with us. Hey, Taryn, thanks so much for making the time for us on Hack.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here.
0: How are you feeling? Because at this end of the day, your first full day as Australian of the year, you must be exhausted, right?
3: i'm on one hour sleep and i tell you i it feels like i've done an all-nighter and it's been i think a good 20 years since i've done one of them oh
0: well you're doing pretty well i must say you've you've um you've remembered how to do them very very well indeed just quickly dylan alcott is a former presenter here on triple j a friend of the show i know he would have probably had some good advice did he have some tips on how to get through this year
3: Yeah, he sure did. He said um, to pace myself (laughs) um, because it's going to be hectic and if the first sort of 12 hours of anything to go by, I can definitely um, see what kind of year is to come. But I guess I'm just super excited to have the platform and the opportunity to talk about all the things that are really important to every Australian, man, woman, child, whoever you are, everybody. Uh, seems to have a relationship with their body that sometimes isn't the greatest. And and I want to do something about that and get everyone to embrace across Australia.
0: Well, hey, it's just like a night out. Pace yourself and you'll be all good. Um, (laughs) Taryn, you had this viral moment 10 years ago now that pretty much changed your life. It was a before and after picture. The before showed you on stage in a bikini ready for a bodybuilding competition. The after was you as you were after that, looking very happy, very natural, healthy. You said, you know, I've got cellulite, stretch marks, folds, rolls, more than 100 million people saw that pic. Why did you take it?
3: Well, look, I I hated my body. I learned to love it. It felt like winning the golden ticket. And it was a feeling that I wanted for everybody. And I just thought by sharing a non-traditional before and after photograph where a woman has a stereotypical bikini body before and then in the after, um, you know, she's in a more of a a natural body, you know, with lumps, folds, rolls, you know, cellulite, all the things. I just thought I could help some people. I had no idea that it was going to make headline news around the world. And, and up until that point, I'd never done anything in the media. I wasn't a, a public personality. I, um, It was a very strange world to be thrown into. But 10 years on, I've been doing this now for a decade. I'm really glad it happened because we've been able to do a lot of good for the world and help people.
0: Oh, it's changed so much. The journey that you've been on is is extraordinary. You said something in your acceptance speech that I found really thought provoking. You said, when you take your final breath on this earth, what thoughts are going to be going through your mind? What will you be thinking? No one has ever said to me the size of their bum. How much time and attention are we wasting on hating ourselves?
3: Too much. Um, I mean, I hear it all the time uh, from from young kids who, you know, are six and seven, right up to eighty-seven year olds. Um, it's just such a it's such a waste. You know, we've got twenty-eight thousand days on the planet. If we're really lucky, it's actually not a lot of time, and we're not meant to obsess over our body or our body parts. And I guess what I want to say is. I've come from a place of hating my body. I know how traumatic that can be and how debilitating. And I guess I felt really sidelined in my life because of it weighed me down how I thought about my body. But I learned to embrace it. It's really possible to do. And I just hope using this role as Australian of the Year, we can get more people to consider having a really great relationship with their body because it's your home and you only get one.
0: Your film embrace has been this global movement really like a lot of people listening now would have seen it you've been around the world talking to people from all different kinds of backgrounds and cultures I'm wondering the shame towards our bodies that's so common in our culture is that universal is did you find that everywhere across cultures mm.
3: Yeah, I actually did, Um, which was really surprising. I I remember having a discussion with a woman in the Dominican Republic and she had seen a magazine and she had seen a woman with breasts that she would rather have. And she was telling me how she wanted to change her body to have her body, and um, yeah, it was surprising, and uh, for women and for men. I've had a lot of conversations now with people. It is universal, and and it's no wonder we live in a world that tells us to be anything other than what we are. There's, you know, beauty, diet, cosmetic industry um, coming at us to say change, you know, be different. Um, And some people have bought into the message and I get it because I did as well. Uh, And it's a bit of a treadmill and it's not much fun and we can get off of it. And that's what I guess I'd love every Australian to know. You don't need to buy into those messages. Can you find a gratitude for your body? Because our bodies, they do pretty amazing things for us.
0: You're listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. I'm speaking with our brand new Australian of the Year, body image activist, Taran Brumford. We know that social media has a big impact on the way we see ourselves. The thing is, Taryn, for young people, got parents, grandparents telling them get off social media. That's not realistic, right? It's part of the world that we all live in. You're speaking to young Australians right now. What is your advice to them on how to make changes on social media and other parts of their lives that will change the way we think about our bodies?
3: I think we just need to be really discerning about who we let into our lives you know uh, so our phones are are often an extension of our hands and we're letting people in that are saying hey be different or buy this or do this or look like this and I guess the one thing I'd love everyone to know there's a great quote by a man called Steve Furtick and he says don't compare your behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel I think often we think everyone else has got a better life or you know things are fabulous let me tell you most people's wheels are falling off behind closed doors (laughs) we're all just trying to keep our head above water you know life is life can be hectic um but but really you get one body and 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 be grateful for it and uh, all the things it does for you
0: and I mean that's the thing because you were speaking in the course of your travels to some of the people who would be considered the most beautiful in the world Victoria's Secrets models and they were saying that they had issues with their bodies
3: yeah, I mean, listening to to those models in New York, um I remember like it like it was yesterday, it was back in 2015 I was chatting to them. Um, and you know, I was quite bewildered. How could this possibly be? Look at you. You know, that's what I was thinking. Um, but it's anyone can feel this way. Um, anyone can buy into the messages. Um, but anyone can also break free from those messages. And and I, I, that's the hope that I hope that I can. That's the hope I can hope. I can impart on um, on Australians and and people right around the world that you can choose how you feel about your body in this world. And if we can armour our kids uh, when they're young to go out and so the the messages bounce off them, um, I think the world's going to be a better place when we're not consumed by hating our body.
0: And you've been focusing on kids as well. Another thing you really want to focus on now is guys, their relationships with their bodies. And it makes sense because I think... If we take a look at what's acceptable and what's not in society, still completely normal to hear someone rip into a mate if their hair's thinning or they've put on a few kilos. We know some guys have really unrealistic or unhealthy ideas of what they think they should look like. Is that a a much bigger problem than than we realise, Taran?
3: Um, from the conversations that I've been having 100% it is um, there's a lot of men that I've spoken to who have got some really um, crippling stories of how they feel about their their bodies Um, and you know I read recently some reports on steroid use in our young men who want to look bigger and butter and more muscly and Look, it's a, it's a problem for everyone, but the, the good news is that no matter who you are and what body you're in, um, there's a way out of this, and it's to focus on functionality. It's to treat your body not like an ornament in life, but the vehicle, and, um, and I guess surrounding yourself with people that love you for who you are and not what you look like and focusing on how you feel.
0: Well, look, you're a remarkable person, Taran Brumford. Congratulations again on being named Australian of the Year. We're all looking forward to getting to know you more. We know you're up for it. We also want you to get more than one hour's sleep a night. So hopefully, there's more of that in your future.
3: <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so, much so much for
0: making the time to speak with us on Hack.
3: Thank you.
0: Hack. On Triple J. Yeah, so good to hear from Taryn Brumford there and hopefully we get a chance to check in with her a little later on in the year to see how things are going. Hack! To all the young people out there,
5: never give up on your dreams. Seize your moment. Keep pushing. Keep paddling your canoe.
0: Never give up. On Triple J. You know, we're just a couple of days out from the Hottest 100. Exciting time. And we know it's been a big year of success for First Nations hip-hop artists like Baker Boy. Getting aria after aria. But I want to take you back now to the Hottest 100 20 years ago, back to 2002. It was before streaming services, before YouTube. People used to get really excited to hear their favourite song on the radio. And back then, there was an outback hip-hop group called the Wilcannia Mob. They started to really kick off here in Australia and then around the world, mainly for their song, Downriver. Downriver. It was a really huge moment in music in remote Australia. So what happened to the Wilcannia mob? And what's happening for the future of young people in remote areas when it comes to music opportunities? Yusuf Saudi has this story from Broken
1: Hill in outback New South Wales. They were five regular kids from the remote town of Wilcannia in far west New South Wales but they became trailblazers for Indigenous hip-hop music in Australia. It's us, being us. Yeah, typical young people growing up, down the river every day, pressing around on their push bikes. This is Colroy Johnson, one of the last members from the band who still lives in Wukanya. He's a Barkindji man and was just 10 years old when the Wukanya mob kicked off together. I don't wanna
5: fight, wanna the kind of feels like it was only like just yesterday. And now look at me, 30 years of age. Where has the time gone? I three daughters on my own, yeah, beautiful partner,
1: and I love them for the world. So how did the Waukanya Mob start up? It began at a community outreach project through Shopfront Theatre to give vulnerable youth opportunities. People from across the state, including Google Yalunji and Wapaburra man Brendan
7: Adams, came to the outback town to help run the program. I was a dancer in Sydney and there was a project come up with Waukanya. They were going through a lot of youth issues but there was also at that time petrol sniffing in remote communities throughout Australia was very high. And they wanted to bring some positive programs to Wokenya.
1: It was here at this program that the boys came together. The Wokenya Mub was born. Brennan Adams became their band manager and they released
7: their song Down River. <laughs> Each of those boys wanted to give their own expressions about their lives. Fishing and jumping and swimming, which is their culture, their identity. And that's why we came here, was to emerge and make them feel proud about who they are and their identity.
5: At the time, I felt like I was being recognised by not just the community, but like right around Far West. Then
1: the song got hits. Big hits.
6: It was a group of young boys from the tiny New South Wales From
1: town. placing number 51 in Triple J's Hottest 100 for 2002 to winning single of the year at the 2003 Deadly Awards.
5: First of all, we'd like to thank everyone who supported us and voted for us and all our family was watching.
1: Hip hop performer Morgan Smith, also known as Morganics, was part of putting the band together. He says their music had a lasting impact. Back then, there wasn't any indigenous hip-hop being played on radio full stop anywhere in
5: australia really because there wasn't much being made as such it was such early days and once they came out then i think a lot of other indigenous people full stop would be fair enough to hear it and go yo i can i can relate (laughs) yeah that's cool i can tell my story now i can do my thing it sort of gives a sort of if they can do it i can do it
1: in 2007, their song was discovered by British rapper MIA, which led to a collaboration called Mango Pickle Down River. Morganics put the grungy and home-recorded song together, and it featured on MIA's album Color. Really
5: that-
1: What's most important about it is it opened
5: ears and minds to possibilities of like, wow, we can take hip-hop and we
1: can use hip-hop to tell our stories, and they did that. The Wulcanya Mob spread Barkindji culture across the world. Since their music, there have been adaptations of the Wulcanya Mob through other community projects. But after all these achievements, there was a lack of future support for the band, and it was hard to continue making music in 2003. So what's next for young people in remote areas when it comes to further opportunities in the arts? Is there enough? Brendan Adams says it can be difficult for Indigenous people in remote areas to find and pursue opportunities.
7: We need to find the opportunities to bring the resources to remote communities because our culture is looking after our mob. But what, when you do that, you miss your own opportunities.
1: Brendan reckons there should be more done from the governments
7: Because the moment you focus and invest in our young people, you will build them to be their leaders and what you also do is then you'll start breaking down those problems that we face, the chronic illness that we've got because you live better, you've got pride, you eat healthier, you provide for your family and you'll start breaking cycles.
1: Colroy Johnson's passion for music is still in his heart, and he wishes the Waukanya Mob was still together creating music. I wish I could go back,
5: carry on and pick up where we left off and not feeling like we were set up to be failed. We should have kept our group together and maybe we could have been on top. But if we ever haven't got an opportunity to start that group again, and I'm 100%. All in.
1: Colroy says there's a lot of hidden talent in Wukanya. To all uh,
5: young, younger people out there, never never give up on your dreams.
0: Seize your moment. Keep pushing. Keep paddling your canoe. Never give up. Hack
1: on Triple Jack.
0: Yusuf Saudi with that story from Broken Hill in outback New South Wales. And that's all we've got time for on the Hack podcast for now. And that's all we've got time for this week. We don't have a podcast tomorrow. We'll be back next week. I'll catch you then.